the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. It's a gorgeous Thursday afternoon out there. Kath, good to see you. Um, have you been to your uh, local farmer's market yet? No. Well, too early. Yeah, I think it's a little early. Usually um, there's like honey stands and what? Some potatoes. Yeah, and there, there'd there probably be some kind of, uh, did you say berries? No. Yeah, there'd be berries. There'd be blueberries. Oh, yeah, right, blueberries. Strawberries and such. The early, the early birds, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, I'm looking at, um, we rarely buy organic. It's expensive, isn't it? It is expensive. Yeah, so we rarely buy organic. However, um, in the mornings, like, you know, I'll put some blueberries on my on my cereal. But my wife and I, you my know, my favorite like, fruit. It is. My wife and I extend and go back because I'll say, "Did you wash these?" And she said, "No, you don't have to wash them; they're already washed." And I'm like, "No, I'm going to wash them anyway." You have to wash them again. Well, so I'm reading about. Uh, Except with lettuce, I don't wash lettuce. Which you don't. I should. When it says pre-washed, I just take them at, at their word. Is that is that stupid? I don't know, but anyway, I saw an article uh, in the Guardian: burgers, berries, bread, ten foods that you should consider buying organic. Top of the list. All right, tell me. Blueberries. Yeah, uh, blueberries apparently and uh, strawberries, they carry residue of pesticides, including synthetic bug-killing chemicals and weed killers. Okay, now listen. I want you to know that in the summer, and this is just the honest truth, I, I eat about a pint, at least a pint, of blueberries a day. Whoa. Okay, this is my favorite thing. Yeah. And because it you can it doesn't count at other times of the year. It doesn't taste remotely the same. Right. I eat as much as I possibly can. Can you imagine how many of those pesticides I've eaten by this point? Mm. <laughs> Didn't that freak you out a little bit when you know you've ingested stuff like that? I mean, I thought I was eating antioxidants. Yeah. Well you are, that- but they sort of offset each other. Great. So instead you're eating like Agent Orange or something <laughs> like that. Right? Thanks, John. Just saying. Okay, uh kale and spinach. Right? Oh, you yourself. We eat a lot of kale. Non-organic salad fixings also come with traces of potentially unhealthy pesticide residues. Though kale is widely considered a popular health food, the USDA has reported the USDA has reported finding uh, residues of 17 different pesticides in some kale samples. Okay. What? Yeah, just be careful. Can I I don't I have never even tried to buy organic kale. Yeah. And Am I going to find that at my grocery store? I don't know. Store? Probably so. Right. Chicken, non-organic chickens are often raised in tightly confined spaces with hundreds of other birds causing, that, causing health now, problems. I always try to buy free range chickens just mm-hmm. because I am trying to feel be. Bad. Yeah, I feel bad. Wait, well, st- never mind. I know the chicken's still dead. You're right. I know, but, but do, the suffering the, that he's endured. You, you know, the very first yes. day we had John Kistler, our guest, on here telling us mm-hmm. about chicken farms. The two of us, right. we've never been the same since no, that no, day. No, it's kind of like the, uh, the the book, The Jungle. Oh, what That's, that was like that moment for me. Exactly. Milk. Do you buy organic milk? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Some conventional dairy operators give their cows a growth hormone 
So uh, you might want to do that. Uh, oatmeal. Many non-organic oatmeal. Yep, many non-organic oat farmers spray their crops with the herbicide glistophate shortly before harvest in order to dry out the plants. The practice has been shown to leave residues in finished oatmeal products. Okay, great. Uh, bread. Just perfect. Organic I thought bread. This was going to be a short list. Why is this? No, all it's a long. Food? I, I probably go until six o'clock. This is why you should shop at your local co-op. Uh, yeah, yeah, but your local co-op isn't all organic. Mo- but most of it is. Really? You're going to get mo- you're going to get more organic stuff there than you are at Giant Eagle. Yeah. Is that right? Gonna, oh yeah. Okay. And you're going to leave with a a lot lighter wallet as well. Mm, that's true. But you won't have a goiter. So there's a little <laughs> trade-off on there. Okay. Uh hamburgers. Cattle fattened on feedlots instead of grass pastures live in crowded conditions. We know that story. You buy organic eggs as well because they're organic or raised from hens. Right. We benefit that's those. Good. I think that's okay. good. Anyway, so yeah, uh, go organic, they're saying. All right. Now, listen, um, washing your... Okay, I wash everything except I don't wash my lettuce when it comes in a box or a bag that says it's been pre-washed or triple washed or right. whatever. Then I don't wash it. Well, now you should because apparently, you know, those... Why can I not be happy? Uh, and I, I just think it's modern life, right? A water bath does wonders for cleaning your lettuce for salad greens. Discard the outer leaves of lettuce or cabbage. Okay. It's recommended swishing them in a large basin of cold water, water with an additional five-minute soak if they're especially I dirty. don't have time to give me a five-minute soak. <laughs> right. Clean your mushrooms. Do you clean your mushrooms? Oh, you know, I always clean dirty. my mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. How are you, you, can't, you can't not clean your mushrooms. That's just That just looks dirty. The conventional wisdom is that simply wiping mushrooms clean with a damp cloth no, or paper gross. towel or even a pastry brush is preferable to rinsing them in water. There's never a bad move, but know that you simply uh, you can safely rinse or dunk at least some varieties. Well, they absorb all the water. I mean, I don't put them in water. I just, you know, use a little scrubber, like a potato scrubber. Yeah. Mushrooms are weird, aren't they? They're odd. I go back and forth on them. Like, I enjoy them, but there are times when I'm cooking them, preparing them, I think, you know, this is a gross food product. Because of all the bat dung. Well, and no, just because they have such an unappealing texture. Well, they don't really taste a whole lot, do they? There's not they a whole taste, lot. Well, they taste more when they're cooked than when they're raw, but yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with them, but yeah. I'm not in love with them. That's how I feel. All right. All right. Well, since you're on your food jag, can I tell you this? Yeah. Wall Street Journal today. What call me jag. <laughs> Did jag. you? What foods can disturb your sleep? Did you Chocolate. Know, do you know that there are food? Do you, what, do you know that from your own experience? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Like last, like last night, um, I'm, I'm still eating like some birthday chocolate. My wife went out and bought, you know, birthday chocolate. So we had like this dark chocolate that has um, some chili in it. Chili, mm. you know, it's kind of spicy. I had a couple hits of that and uh, slept a little restlessly last night. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that that actually goes along with what the Wall Street Journal reports. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because they say the number, uh, the two worst offenders in causing a bad night's sleep are fat and sugar. So the good news is you got them both. <laughs> fat and sugar. Okay, listen to this. All right. This doctor from Columbia University says the data from large studies observing human behavior and their relation to health have shown that people who say they suffer from poor sleep quality mm. tend to also report a relatively poor diet. Hey, hey, hey. Uh-huh. I don't That's think chocolate's right. a uh-huh. poor diet. Well, I'm not trying to pick on you, so just hold on. All right, thank you. She says even large studies can't determine which came first, the poor diet or the poor food choices, because they seem to exacerbate each other. Listen sure. to this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, she said her, her own re- research has shown that how much and how well a person sleeps at night influences what they eat the next day. 
Right. Okay, I get that. Like, okay, it's like, so I slept poorly last night. Right. So tonight when the chocolate comes out, I'm going to go, you know, I think I'll pass. No, it's the reverse. What? If you don't get enough good sleep or you're sleep deprived, you tend to eat more and the food you do eat will be higher in fat and carbohydrates. And it'll probably be a higher caloric intake than if you were well rested. Really? Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. And then they also looked at the things that you eat during the day that cause you to sleep badly. So there's like, you know, two like different- during the day? Like, like if I eat something at four o'clock, I'm going to sleep poorly. I, I mean, I'm just saying that there are contributing factors. Really? I mean, remember you went through that phase where you kept, you know, like sending me oh, emails at three in the morning. Yeah, you were horrible. awake every single night at yeah, three in the morning. I was. I'm That's, glad that phase. Yeah, me is too. Over. Thank you. Anyway, uh, a diet higher in sugar than the daily recommendation brings on more micro awakenings. <laughs> is that like microaggressions? It's something like that. Micro awakenings. You two's trying to shut them down today. <laughs> you two's trying to help us with our micro awakenings. Well, might I recommend my pillow? And anyway, I I, but I do want to say if you're having trouble sleeping, you if you're having trouble sleeping, um, there are a couple things that I can tell you that have been determined to actually impact your sleep for, in the positive. Oh, okay, fine. Tell me that, please. Kiwi. <laughs> what? What, the little fruit? Oh well, yeah, what else do you think? I don't know. Yeah, the little fruit. <laughs> the uh, the shoe polish. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky, Lucky we boot polish. That's not going to help you sleep. No, sir, take a couple looks at that shoe polish. You'll be fine. Go to bed now. No, no. Kiwi's high in uh, serotonin, which can help people fall asleep and really? stay asleep longer. And, I like a kiwi. Uh, sure. And the same goes for tart cherry juice. Oh, I like a tart cherry juice as well. Is that organic or not? It doesn't say. It doesn't but say. it does say a higher intake of fiber. Fresh fruits, vegetables, and whole grains also has been shown to keep a person in slow wave sleep slow wave. for longer. As opposed to micro <laughs> slow wave. Remember when kiwis first, do you remember this? When kiwis first came on the market? Yeah, because I got to be honest with you, I, rem- I don't like that texture. I what? don't like that hairy outside. Yeah, I don't like the hairy outside. You cut it and up. I don't like the weird sh- like seed-like thing inside. No, I like it a I lot. don't like it. Cut it in half and then take your like spoon it. and scoop that thing out. Whatever. That's good stuff. No. You don't like the kiwi? No. What? I feel like it's overrated. No, no. It's good. I feel like it was like the first kale. No, Like no, when it no. came out, everybody's like, oh, you have to have kiwi. Don't you eat kiwi? Oh, yeah. How about kiwi on a salad? You it want to do that? It's a hairy fruit. No, no. It's hairy on the outside. It's gross. I like it a lot. Anyway, that's us. Uh, hey, today's uh, D-Day. 75th anniversary. Holy smokes. We're going to talk about that during the 5 o'clock hour. In just a couple of minutes, uh, William Glaze will join us, Pastor Glaze from Bethany Baptist Church. Uh, Sunday. This Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. Yes. Let the Holy Spirit reign. We'll have that conversation next year. The Ride Home on Word FM and WPIT Radio. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. In one sense, you don't know how well you've done as a parent until you see your grandchildren. Think of the lifespan of your witness and your testimony and your influence in your family, not only to your children, but to your children's children. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. This Saturday from 9 to 3, the Irwin Business and Professional Association presents their 16th annual Ethnic Food Festival and Craft Show. Come to Main Street for ethnic music and dance, handmade crafts, lots of great food, and discover Irwin, the biggest small town in Pennsylvania. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. 
we have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's one place. From the moment you met, it's as if you were custom made for each other. Why should your jewelry be any different? Trinity Jewelers is the area's premier designer of custom jewelry that celebrates life's closest relationships, from breathing new life into a family heirloom to crafting a one-of-a-kind original out of nothing but imagination. Trinity's master craftsmen create affordable pieces that tell your own unique story. See how at trinityjewelers.com. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit stockfamilydentistry.com. You have my word on it. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and God save the green. Pastor William Glaze is with us from Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood, PA. Anchored in Jesus, William Glaze, every Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. here on WORD. Pastor Bill, how are you, sir? Welcome back. Hey, hey I'm doing great, man. You know, I think I'm going to have to stop listening to you guys. What, what, what? I, I think I'm doing good. I'm, you know, I just got finished eating some strawberries. Yep. And, you know, you know, I, I'm like you, Kathy. I, I, I like my blueberries in right. the summer. Mm-hmm. And now you're telling me, you know, there's all these things wrong with them, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was John that told us that. And, I, you know, that's sad. I wish I didn't know. I'm just giving you a heads up, Bill. If you live a few years longer, you have me to thank. Great. Okay. It's just, it's just no, downright. Yeah, but, but but it is kind of weird because I don't want I don't necessarily want to buy organic as well. No, Bill, do you buy organic right. fruit? Yeah, I do. You do? Yeah, I, yeah. I go to co-op. Uh, well, uh, I, whoa, so you and New Mike are all happy with your co-op? Down at the co-op. Yeah. What do you think you're paying? Like thirty percent more? Well, yeah, you're right. So, like you said earlier, man, I'm probably leaving a little bit lighter in my wallet. Mm-hmm, yeah. What right. co-op do you go to? Oh, East End. Point Breeze. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good co-op. That's right? nowhere near my house. No, but it's good. But yeah, it's true though, because when you're eating your berries, you think, "Am I eating like, uh, you know, some sort of pesticide?" Well, I wasn't thinking about that until about five minutes ago, and now I'm thinking about it all the time. Well, it's just a PSA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just got finished eating some strawberries, and, you know, I had washed them real good, but now you're saying that you even got to do more than that. Yeah, they, you should have had, like, what was that, a five-minute, like, cool water bath. Right. Maybe you get some baking soda, throw that in get there it. as well. Get and some here. kerosene. Just, 
make sure that <laughs> <laughs> Once you bathe them in kerosene, it kills everything, including the berry. All right, Bill. So this Sunday, uh, the church celebrates the giving of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. So for people right. that don't know the story in the second chapter of Acts, or have never heard the name or the word Pentecost, what does it stand for? Well, it actually uh, means uh, 50. And what it refers to is actually, you know, it, it came 50 days after the resurrection. You know, and you, you go back to the Jewish calendar, and they had, you know, this feast that was called First Fruits. And then 50 days, which is which was the same day that Jesus rose from the dead, you know, ironically. And then 50 days after that, uh, they celebrated what was called Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks. And so, you know, the, the amazing thing is that, you know, you had all these people gathered, you know, in Jerusalem, you know, for the, the, the feast celebration. And so they were all there. And isn't it amazing that on, on the day that they were celebrating one of the Jewish feasts that the Holy Spirit shows up? And it was exactly 50 days after the resurrection. So that word Pentecost, you know, comes from, you know, the Greek word uh, pente, which you means 50. So, you know, that's where we get the, the term Pentecost from. And, and, you know, you know the, 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 the thing that, you know, kind of, uh, I, I think that the church misses it. You know, I, I know there's a lot of churches that, you know, observe Pentecost Sunday. But I'll be honest with you, for years, you know, I had, no concept. I mean, I, I knew about Acts chapter 2. I knew about Pentecost, but I had no idea that, you know, that the church was celebrating, you know, uh, Pentecost or the coming of the Holy Spirit. And I, and I just thought to myself, you know, that most Christians, you know, know about Christmas and they get excited about Christmas. You know, most uh, Christians know about Easter. They get excited about the resurrection. But you, you know what excited Jesus? What excited Jesus was the coming of the Holy Spirit. And, I mean, you know, he talked about it, you know, to great length in, in several passages in the Bible. And I just thought to myself, you know, yeah, we need to be excited about the birth of Christ, and we need to be excited about the resurrection of Christ. But I, I personally, I found myself, up until now, not really being excited about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And that there is, you know, that, there, there, that we need to set aside a time where we celebrate, just like we do the birth of Christ. You know, we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, because... Yes. Jesus said that he was going to leave. And uh, and when he left, he said that I'm going to send you another comforter, and that would be the Holy Spirit. So, Bill, then, uh, it's fair to say that as the Holy Spirit comes in, it's kind of like Jesus is passing the baton forward, right? Exactly, exactly. And and, and why would we not want to celebrate that? Why, you, know, you, know, I, you know, John, Kathy, I, I, I'm just mystified as to why that doesn't have more and I, I hate to use this word, but I'll go ahead and use it anyways, notoriety in the body of Christ. Mm. You know, I, you know it, it, just, it, it just blows me away when you, when you think about, I mean, Christ came, and, and he came to, you know, live on this earth, and he came to die, you know, for our sins and rise again. But just think about all the things that the Holy Spirit, you know, does. He, you know, he baptizes us, he indwells us, mm-hmm. he guides us, he ge- regenerates us, he seals us. You know, I mean, and, and I could go on and on. All these great things that the Holy Spirit does, and, and we still have the Holy Spirit with us, that, that, that he resides within us, and, and yet and still that's something that the church, you know, hasn't made a big deal over. That, you know, we, we haven't celebrated that. Now, there are some churches that do, so I don't want to broad brush, but, you know, I, I'm just going for me. I know for years up until, you know, and I've been a Christian, you know, since 1977, and, and, and I wasn't really awakened to the celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit until last year. 
So when we think about the people that lived before the giving of the Holy Spirit, I, maybe we take it for granted because this is all we know, right? And But right. I wonder how vastly different a life was for those who were faithful, who believed in God before the giving of the Holy Spirit, because the, the Holy Spirit didn't indwell anybody but Jesus. Right, right. And, and you know, you, you think about in the Old Testament— the Holy Spirit kind of came and went. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it came upon Samson. I think it came upon Saul. So, you know, it came and went. And so those people didn't have the, the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, they, they had this, you know, relationship with God, but it, it wasn't, you know, like the intimacy that we could have. You know, they, they could come into God's presence. Like Moses, he was able to come into God's presence. But, you know, we're able to have God's presence in us, you know, uh, 24-7. You know, whereas they, you know, when they came into the tabernacle or when the Holy Spirit decided to come upon certain people, that they had the the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but they don't have the permanent indwelling like we do. Right. Pastor William Glaze is with us from Bethany Baptist Church, Anchored in Jesus. His show airs Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. here in Word FM. So then, Bill, why is it? I mean, we as believers, we give the Holy Spirit short shrift at our own peril. Right, exactly. You know, and I, and I thought about that, too. You know, we, we put a lot of emphasis on, on Jesus, which we should, you know, and, and his life, you know, that's really played out for us in the Gospels. And then we think about, you know, God the Father, you know, and, and his relationship with Israel in the Old Testament. But, I, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, we have failed to see who the Holy Spirit really is. And I, I believe that if we really saw who the Holy Spirit is, that, you know, we would, you know, endeavor more, you know, to depend upon him, to, to seek his uh, power in our lives. And, and it's just that, you know, we have, you know, I, and I believe that we fail to see who the Holy Spirit is. You know, I think for the most part we understand who God is and we understand who Jesus is, but have we really understood that third person of the Trinity? Bill, what did you mean when you said that you didn't really appreciate the indwelling Holy Spirit until a couple years ago? Well, I, you know, what I, well, I guess what I was saying is Pentecost Sunday. I didn't, mm. I didn't really appreciate, you know, Pentecost Sunday until a couple so of years ago. So it's not ago. something that you observed until recently? No, it, you're exactly right. Huh. You know, and, and I'm thinking that, you know, for all these years, you know, because you look on the calendar, and, I mean, even on the secular calendar, you know, Pentecost Sunday is on there. And, and so, but I, I don't know, how, you know, Kathy, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't know how I missed that. You know, mm-hmm. I knew about Acts chapter two. Sure. I knew about the coming of the Holy Spirit, but I just missed Pentecost Sunday. But Bill, I think, you know, the, the, the boat's large because I think myself, I'm raising my hand here and a lot of us just kind of go right by it. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, it's key to our faith, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and again, you know, look at the emphasis that Jesus, you know, placed on it. You know, when you talk about key to our faith. Because Jesus said that when I leave, I'm going to send you another comforter, mm-hmm. that he's coming, you know, it, it's like a you know, tag team, you know, like you said earlier. He's coming to take my place. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even though we don't have Jesus physically here on this earth anymore, you know, we do have uh, the person that he sent for us to, you know, uh, have this relationship with. Yeah. So, you know, the, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, if you look at the what, what Jesus held important, you know, and, you know, Jesus talked about the kingdom a lot. But, you know, there, there are three significant passages in the Bible where Jesus put great emphasis on the coming of the Holy Spirit. And this is true because people pray to Jesus all the time. But the fact of the matter is mm-hmm. Jesus right. isn't here. Jesus is right. gone. The Holy Spirit is here. Exactly. Exactly. 
And then, you know, there's that passage in Romans that said that he makes uh, intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, he, he even works in our prayer life. Okay. And, and so it's just amazing, you know, what you know what the Holy Spirit does. And, and so, you know, this, this Sunday at our church, you know, I, I've, you know, designated it as Pentecost Sunday. You know, I, you know, I, I was kind of late, but I was trying to get the choir to sing all songs about the Holy Spirit. You know, my message is going to center around the Holy Spirit. You know, we're going to have readings on the Holy Spirit. You know, just just to put our church in the mindset yeah. of this is a great event in the in in the body of Christ. You know, this is a great event in the life of the Christian church. Yeah. So on Pentecost Day, right, uh, uh, the wind came in, and, of course, it stirred up the speech. Now, a lot of people talk about speaking in tongues in some way has a connection with the Holy Spirit. What do you think about that, Bill? Well, you know, I, 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 on that day, you know, it, it said that when they when they spoke in tongues, that every person heard in their own language. So, you know, I think, you know, to me, the emphasis of that day was I mean and and you know there, there was the tongues but I think the emphasis was everybody hearing in their own language mm-hmm. and 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 it wasn't necessarily you know it was the tongues so I don't want to I don't want to downplay that but the emphasis was everybody heard in their own language and uh and, and what and, and again the amazing thing is that there was a multitude of people there because of the feast you know and and it just you know the holy spirit just you know and I, and I know this wasn't by accident you know it was it was planned and purposed by god but the holy spirit shows up on one of the the high feast days of the uh of, of the israelites well bill we love you we're so glad that you join us on a regular basis and we wish you a happy celebration on yeah, sunday yeah it's a good message bill thanks a lot but uh All right. got- in the meantime, you need to go back to the co-op and uh, grab yourself more organic milk, maybe some organic, what, Advils, so you don't freak out and worry about all this. I don't know. I'm just concerned about all the blueberries we've eaten, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, hey, you know what? I, I am going to be a little more diligent about washing them, and, and maybe even, John, I might take your advice and scrub them a little bit. Oh, maybe. You mean give them the cool water bath. Let me know how that works out for you. I'll take right. a cool water bath. Thanks yeah. a lot. William all Blaze. Right. Thank you. Anchored in Jesus, Monday through Friday, 8 p.m. here on Word FM, WPIT Radio. What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom, so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for a good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the original mattress factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, 
your jewelers for life. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure, Returning to Lancaster. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by nearly one million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at sight-sound.com. Save up to $900 this week at Mattress Warehouse. And rest assured, because buying a mattress at Mattress Warehouse means you have a one-year price guarantee. Why shop anywhere else? Visit sleephappens.com for a location near you. Chris Tomlin is unveiling the song, Good, Good Father. Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. In a room full of Christian music broadcasters, two elderly black women will stand out. It's Ladies Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. My mom and them have begun to do what I call a Baptocostal rock. Hey, who I am? For tickets and group discounts, go to wordfm.com. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Partly cloudy tonight. It'll be more comfortable for the overnight hours with a low of 59 degrees. Tomorrow, partly sunny, a pleasant afternoon with a high of 80. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 60 degrees. And for Saturday, looking at a beautiful start to the weekend with sunshine and some patchy clouds. Saturday's highs again right around 80 degrees. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. What do you think, uh, estimated jewelry? I mean, you know. My jewelry? Yeah. In your jewelry box, you're looking at 10 grand, 20 10 grand, grand? 50,000, <laughs> maybe $100,000 okay, in jewelry. Wait. wait, no, no. Let's see. In the I jewelry mean, box. All told, including my wedding ring, mm. I mean, maybe $2,000. Two grand in jewelry in your in your total life. Right. Maybe 25 right. on the outside. Well,. If you 2500 were a, not 1000 <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I need to verify that. Right, right. The most expensive piece of jewelry I ever owned, I lost right. years ago. How'd that go? Not good. I still think about it every day. What happened? Uh, I threw it away. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, I was cleaning my uh, wedding ring and uh, had a little, you know, you could sit a little abrasion on And I thought, well, I'll clean that baby up. And then I put it in a paper towel to set it aside while that abrasion, you know, sort of went away. And then, of course, the neat freak that I am. You're I, cleaning up. I saw a little paper towel. I'm sure. I think I had to get rid of that. So somewhere in a trash heap somewhere is this beautiful wedding ring of mine. But, you know, so now I got, if you did my total jewelry expenditure, it'd be about a buck forty-five. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Le'Veon Bell, much different, much, much different cash value for his jewelry. That does not surprise me. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? Okay, so a story about um, authorities in Hollywood, Florida, say two female acquaintances mm-hmm. vanished with more than half a million dollars in jewelry <laughs> from former Steeler running back Le'Veon Bell's Florida home. Hollywood, Florida police said Bell returned from the gym Monday, May 25th, found the women gone and his jewelry missing. The police- Both the women so mm-hmm. he, he expected both the women to be there, yeah. both of them. 
but they were both gone. Yep. Uh, Le'Veon Bell said items in his closet were in disarray. Mm -hmm. All his jewelry was missing, including two gold chains with diamonds, a black panther pendant with black and white diamonds, and a Rolex. Total value, a cool $520,000. that is a lot. That is so much. God. That seems... I don't. I'm not impressed by jewelry. No. Are you? Five hundred. Um, I mean, you know what I'm impressed by? Hmm. We talked about this the other day. A Rolex. Yeah. There's something about a Rolex. They're beautiful. That I think is very. It's just understated and classy. Other than that, I'm. It's not a no. It's not a big deal. Like years ago, I went to uh, the British Museum and saw the crown jewels. I'm like, okay, really, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. Fine yeah. for them. But I, I don't get it. When I see massive rings and or gems people or anything, flaunting that. that stuff, I kind of go, well, I'm sure that's beautiful, but it doesn't it doesn't affect me. Right. But some people just absolutely love that. Yeah. I'm not into that. Mike, did uh, an old girlfriend of yours ever steal jewelry? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Because there was no jewelry to steal. Yeah. Right. That makes it easy. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is for the common folks. Right. Right. Us. So Lev's uh, hanging out with... A half million dollars of jewelry in this place. Yeah. So, what what the deal was? He like got someone a little angry, or what? What the deal? Well, I think the first problem was having two girlfriends there at the same time. No, they didn't say girlfriends. Mm. They said two female acquaintances. I'm reading between the lines. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sure they'll come back around again. I'm sure that they were uh, executives with the New York Jets organization. (laughs) The Steelers, the players always find themselves in a weird pickle, don't they? All of their own making. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll take a break. Come back. Go uh, Jets. Listen. I hope they really enjoy having him. Mm. Dr. Roger Olson's with us in a few minutes. We're going to talk about cults. What is a cult? What makes a religious organization a cult? Stick around for that. 101.5 WORD. Listen to Adrian Rogers. For by grace are you saved. Glory to God. That's good news. That's the story of redeeming love. Learn how to wisely make the decisions that determine your destiny as you learn about God's redeeming love with Adrian Rogers this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing? but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars, contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Creation Fest 2019 is coming. Join us with your family and friends for a weekend of worship like no other. Over 70 artists like Skillet, Tillsong Worship, Crowder, Elevation Worship, Carrie Joe, 10th Avenue North, and Mendisa. As well as over 15 speakers like Bob Legs, Reggie Dabbs, and David Nasser. 
Be a part of the creation worship experience set in the beautiful mountains of central Pennsylvania. Go to creationfest.com to find out more. That's creationfest.com. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. PittsburghChristianSchools.net will help you locate true educational partners in Allegheny, Beaver, Butler, and Washington counties. PittsburghChristianSchools.net Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half off home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and go God save the green. Back when I was a kid, I had a friend who was maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 years older than me. Our families were friends. And um, she went off to college, and I was still a little kid living at home with my parents. And she got involved in a cult. And she had been raised a Roman Catholic and came back on a Christmas break as like a was like a different person. Was she a Hare Krishna? No, it was it was a it was a Christian cult. So it was uh I mean she had had a conversion to believing in Jesus, which was awesome and we were thrilled about that. But then there was also a, a heavy emphasis on the leader of her group. Mm-hmm. And the leader of her group was telling her what to do about everything, what classes to take, um, where to live, what type of she was going to be graduating in a year, um, where she should live and who she should live with and who she should date. And all of a sudden, it was like she went from being the person that we had known for a lot of years to being somebody totally different. And so this was in the era where we were talking with her family about deprogramming her. Do you remember that era where you would, you would, they would, families would kidnap people. And I put that in air quotes, their child and they would an intervention with a therapist. And then they would be ostensibly deprogrammed there. They would be unbrainwashed from whatever had happened to them to cause them to be, uh, to have allegiance to this cult leader. But if you talk to that young woman, then she would, I'm still in touch with her. Would she say that she was a believer in Jesus? Yes. And here's, what's funny is her, she's still in the same group. Really? All these years later, but the group doesn't seem like a cult to me anymore. Like, I don't know what to say. Even I, the reason I brought up the story is because I think it sheds a little bit of light on how, when we're talking about is an organization, a cult or not a cult, it's not a simple black and white answer because then I would have said, yes, absolutely. Now I'm not so sure. Roger Olson is with us. Roger is the Foy Valentine Professor of Christian Theology of Ethics at George W. Truett Theological Seminary of Baylor University. So, Roger, welcome back. What makes a religious group a cult? You've written extensively about this at your Patheo site. When you hear Kath tell the story, this is a pretty common story, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I've taught the course on cults and new religions uh, on the college level for many years, and uh 
because students, you know, sometimes you need to get them to sign up for an elective because they're not really anxious to. And so it was an elective. And in order to get a full complement of students, I advertised it around campus as unsafe sex. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Now, wouldn't that make a great book title? I've often thought I should write a book called Unsafe Sex, S-E-C-T-S. Right. I had one student who came to the class and got up and left when he discovered it was about religion. (laughs) You're a marketing genius, Roger. Oh, I wish. I wish I could be rich. Yes. So I've listed seven things here uh, just in the few minutes before you called me that I look for in deciding whether a religious group is a cult. Oh, fabulous. Now, first of all, I need to say this because some of your listeners may know the word cult simply comes from the Latin word cultus, which means uh, worship. And so in, among religion scholars, they still use the word cult a lot of times for, like they will be talking about the cult of a certain Buddhist group, and they mean the practices of that group when they're worshiping or meditating or whatever they're doing. But the word came to have a particular kind of meaning in America, I think, uh, especially, well, before Jonestown, but especially with Jonestown and then the David Koresh, Branch Davidian thing, and, and toward the later part of the 20th century, especially in the 1970s through the 1990s. So there are different meanings of the word cult. When I was growing up and when I was in seminary, uh, a big, big seller was a book called The Kingdom of the Cults. Mm-hmm. And I read every version of it that came out, researcher Walter Martin. It was a great book for me. But it, it focused primarily on Christian groups that were considered heretical in their beliefs. I'm not going to name any because you can actually get sued these days for calling a group a cult because mm-hmm. of the extremely pejorative meaning that word has come to have through the media and so forth. But that book listed and described maybe, I'd say, probably 30 or so groups because he considered them uh, heretical groups. And that's what cult meant when I was growing up in evangelical Christianity. A cult was usually a fairly small, not necessarily small, but usually a fairly small group that called itself Christian but held extremely heretical beliefs. And so that's one, you know, that, that is still some mark, I would say. A mark of a okay. cult would be one that calls itself Christian but obviously can't be because it departs so far from the Bible and from traditional Christian orthodoxy. And I'm talking about basic things like the Apostles' Creed they would reject. Okay. Um, so that's one mark, yeah, okay, I would so, say. Okay, so one mark is uh, extreme theological perspectives. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So another one would be what you were just talking about, control and manipulation of the minute aspects of a person's life by the leaders of the group. Right. So once the group's leaders start really inspecting and interfering in very private matters of a person's life and saying things like you have to tell us every week every thought that went through your brain during that week, and I'm thinking of a particular group that did that, and they called it discipleship and so forth. And so when it gets down to that fine-grained level of control and manipulation, then I begin to think maybe this is a cult. Another one would be abuse. Whenever I know that in a religious group there's some kind of abuse going on, whether it be physical, sexual, or what we call spiritual abuse, which is the use of shame to control people. Mm -hmm. Uh, So spiritual abuse is a little harder to pin down and define than physical or sexual abuse, but um, it exists, and I've experienced it. Secrecy. Whenever a religious group 
uh, hold secrets really close about their finances, about um, how they make decisions and so forth. And even members don't really know how the inner circle makes decisions. And those decisions affect everybody. So secrecy is something that I, that I look for. Another one is aggressive recruiting. Whenever a religious group is really using tactics that are um, aggressive to recruit new members, then I have problems with it. And I'm not talking about testimony or witnessing or something. I'm talking about really grabbing people, you know, on the street and trying to lure them or, or drag them into their house or whatever it is, you know, to, to recruit them into their group. And usually that goes along with exclusivity. The idea that the group has that we are the only Christians or we are the only spiritual ones, we have some spiritual knowledge that nobody else has, and it's the only path to salvation. And that's a signal that this is a cult. And finally, brainwashing. Uh, that is, members of the group being affected with things like sleep deprivation, which is a well-known uh cult tactics to get and keep members. I see. So those are seven marks that I look for, and if they're all there, I have no trouble calling it a cult. Right. It's kind of a matter of how many and how deep are these things. Okay, so Roger, when you heard Kathy's story about a family friend who she believed was part of a cult, but now how many decades later... it's it's got to be three decades later. And somehow, Kathy, you've changed your mind about this. Roger, it's just been so confusing, and maybe it was maybe it, maybe it was always confusing, and we were trying to make it too cut and dried uh, yeah. when I was a little kid, and I was also looking at through looking at it through the eyes of a child. But right. um, now that I'm still in touch with her, and she's still in the same church, it's not a church that I would go to. I mean, they yeah. they have some beliefs that I would disagree with, but. They believe in Jesus, and they believe in the Holy Spirit, and they read the Bible. And I just, I wonder if maybe, I don't know, I wonder if we were wrong, or I wonder if the group changed. Both things are possible, and in my own study of cults and new religions, and I focus especially on what I call quasi-Christian groups, cults that claim to be Christian but are are cultic, um, I've seen them change over the decades, and mm-hmm. some of them that I would have called a cult back when I first started teaching the subject, I wouldn't necessarily call a cult anymore, I see. And uh, because they've changed. And so, then in other cases, I've changed. I've come to know them more and realize, oh, you know what, that word they used, I thought it meant this, but now that I've talked to them, I see what they really mean mm-hmm. is this. Now, Roger, you write in your piece that you thought for a while that perhaps the church you grew up in was a cult. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I still think it had cultic um, aspects to it. Let's not name it because I get in trouble with some of my friends, but some of my friends agree with that, too. And especially the college that I went to, which was part of the denomination, um, it stood out to me as different than the way I was raised. And when I found myself in the second and third year of that college experience, I began to think, you know, maybe this should be a chapter in Martin's book. Hmm. And and the problem wasn't doctrine. The problem was control. The, right. Of, so of a thor- right. Okay. Okay. So it was it was not the instance. The first thing you mentioned, which were outlandish theological beliefs, it was more the behavioral control. Yeah. 
Yes, uh, one or two of the leaders of the college uh, made decisions that affected everybody's personal life. I remember, for example, the president getting up in chapel and telling us we were forbidden to leave campus except to go to work and church. Wow. Yeah, wow. (laughs) So all these cults, I mean, you know, there was sort of a a rise of cult-like activity. Um, The Moonies, the Hare Krishnas. All that. Right. But they still exist, don't they? Yes, and uh, it's kind of a roller coaster thing. Um, the media, of course, controls a lot of this. So once they grab onto something and make a big deal out of it, everybody gets interested. Then all of a sudden we discover there are cults here and there and there and everywhere around us. They're always there somewhere. It's just, it just takes an explosion of something like the Jonestown mass suicide or, uh, the Har- or, or, or let's say the David Koresh Branch Davidian group, um, which still exists. Very, very small. David is is dead, but there's still a church here Mm. where I live. Really? So, wow, really. Uh, What what do people think about whenever they see the carnage that that cult created and all the murder, all that? I mean, how can that be a good and wonderful thing to be part of that? Yeah, so I've seen uh, some of the members interviewed on local news and read some of uh, interviews with them in the newspaper. And one that I have read and heard speak about it says that he simply did not understand everything that um, David Koresh was saying and talking about and that also the media distorted some of it. Um, but he didn't expect to happen what happened. That just was not in, in his expectation. He didn't foresee it happening at all, and he escaped. And so he was not part of the conflagration at the end, and he claims that the church, which still exists, is not at all uh, like David Koresh taught. They don't follow his beliefs anymore. Well, that's fascinating. Wow. Well, Roger, thank you for being a part of this and you know reminding us that the, these things are difficult to discern. It really it does require a lot of wisdom. Yes, yeah. And I'd say, if possible, before calling a group a cult, get to know somebody in the group who's knowledgeable and ask them some questions and and look at it carefully and don't jump to any conclusions because today calling a group a cult is putting a target on it. Roger Olson, who joins us from the uh, George W. Truett Theological Seminary. I didn't think that a dentist could be a personable, loving person and actually care, but you really do get that feeling from her. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care with Dr. Megan Stock. From my previous experiences, it was more of a transactional thing versus a relationship, but with Dr. Megan, it's more you want to go back because you want to get caught up on what's been happening and you want to talk to her about things, so it's kind of cool. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Here is your new Pella lifestyle window when open here it is close the new pella lifestyle series is the number one performing wood window and patio door for sound control energy efficiency and value keep the outside noise outside more peace and better rest for your family exceptional noise control for a quieter home for a limited time get 150 dollars off windows and 500 dollars off doors or 48 months no interest Call 888-77-PELLA, PellaPittsburgh.com. 
Ah, the bull elk's bugle, one of nature's most wondrous sounds. That is not a bull elk, that's Kim. Her RV sewage tank is spewing all over her camper. Way, way out in the middle of elk country. Yep, there's an elk. And that's Kim. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This is the Entertainment Answer. How does Eric Stone Street say his character Duke has evolved in The Secret Life of Pets 2? Duke's more comfortable now because he knows he has a home. And I wouldn't say Duke is smarter, but I, I think Duke runs that perfect line of is he smart or not smart? Because you can just kind of judge him and think like, well, he's kind of aloof. But then he says some pretty, pretty smart things every once in a while. And you're like, wait, hold on. Which one is he? The Secret Life of Pets 2, rated PG. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to tackle those home projects you've been putting off. So come summertime, you can just sit back and relax. HomeAdvisor can help get you started. HomeAdvisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. HomeAdvisor can help with any home project, big or small, painting, plumbing, even remodeling. Find a great pro now before the busy season hits. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. You know, one of the cool things about the Trump administration is that they've made a commitment to NASA to provide the funding to return to the moon sooner rather than later, which um, NASA is sort of... uh, uh, sort of beholden to the political whims of who's ever in the office of the president. And uh, President Obama had said, we're going to skip the moon, we're going to sort of focus on Mars. But now we're back to some moon talk, which I believe is really a good talk, because sure. when you think about China and India, the Soviet Union, many powers want to have some control of the moon and do some mining on the moon, a lot of different you know way stations to go further into the solar system. However, Here's a, an article in today's Post-Gazette. If all goes as planned, Carnegie Mellon University, of course, right here in the city of Pittsburgh, wants to send the first United States robotic moon rover to space in 2021. That's mm-hmm. two years away. The university in Oakland is contracting with Astrobotic, one of three private space companies that NASA has funded to carry payloads to the lunar surface. Last week, the space agency NASA awarded the downtown base firm $79.5 million to carry 28 payloads, including the CMU rover that weighs about four pounds. Now, that's about half the size of a typical house cat, far, far smaller than the Soviet Union, who landed the first robot on the moon in 1970, which weighed about as much as a buffalo. It's also tinier than uh, the China's first robot, which uh, was about the size of a panda. However, specific details about the, the deal between Astrobotic and CMU not disclosed. But Astrobotic typically charges its customers $1.2 million per kilogram to have a spot on the Peregrine um, uh, spaceship. So it's very cool. So you have to really want it, and you have to have deep pockets. Yes, you do. But, I mean, to think about... I mean, Astrobotic, we had the uh, the president, the CEO yeah, of Astrobotic with us on the air yes. maybe a year or so ago. To think that Pittsburgh, again, has strong roots to 
the lunar expedition. You think about Rockwell International. They were the guys who built the Saturn V rocket, mm-hmm. the Union Switch and Signal. They built the inside of the lunar module. A lot of different things. Westinghouse. We had gigantic roots uh, when we first landed Heinz. on the moon. 50 years ago. But there was no Heinz ketchup. There wasn't. There was not. Shouldn't a, there have been? Should have been some fruit cocktail. I'll the, tell you one thing. If Heinz ended up on the moon and wasn't at Kennywood, that would be really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Again, you bring it up Heinz. Now, look, I was at PNC Park the other day. Yeah? They're serving red liquid. It's not Heinz You don't ketchup. think it is? I do not believe it is. Mm-mm. No. I don't know. That's a big charge to bring. Anyway, like Jackie Gleason used to say, to the moon, Alice. To the moon. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Greg Clugston in Washington. An investigation is underway into why a vehicle carrying West Point cadets overturned this morning, killing one of the cadets. Lieutenant General Daryl Williams is the U.S. Military Academy's superintendent. It is not common for these vehicles to turn over. It's very rough terrain. You can see the hills we have here. Uh, We want to make sure that our soldiers and our cadets train in realistic training environment. So this is part of our realistic training. More than a dozen cadets were injured, but those injuries were not life-threatening. For a second time, the Washington State Supreme Court has ruled against a florist who refused on religious grounds to provide flowers for the wedding of a same-sex couple. The state court found her in violation of the state's discrimination law. Stocks extended their gains on Wall Street today. The Dow Jones Industrials jumped 181 points. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Hey, Grandma and Grandpa, when you retire, will you take me to Disney World? Can we go to a movie? Grandma, can you teach me how to knit? Grandpa, will you throw the baseball around with me? They won't always be so little. Make sure you plan now so you can start making more memories. Because big or small, those moments matter. They are what you've worked your entire life for, and they just might turn out to be some of the best moments of your life and theirs. I'm Kurt Kenotic, CEO and financial advisor at Accurate Solutions Group. Call our team to start your personalized income plan for your own retirement blueprint. 412-515-3555. That's 412-515-3555. At Accurate Solutions Group, we help people retire with confidence, clarity, and independence. We do the planning so you can make the memories. 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Fully transparent and here to help. Qualities like these make the original Mattress Factory unique. Come see where and how we make our mattresses and compare our products to the mainstream brands. We want to help you make an informed decision, free from hassle and confusion. So when you're ready to purchase your next mattress, come to the original Mattress Factory first. Whether you buy from us or not, you'll walk away better prepared to make a smart mattress choice. Stop by one of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut. 
with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Sight and Sound Theaters presents The Biblical Stage Adventure, Returning to Lancaster. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by nearly one million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at sight-sound.com. Sometimes if you've heard this as a single person, and I know it's well intended, when people say to you, don't you know me? Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. God's going to send that person for you. It's Ladies Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. What's wrong? with that thought process is it says that those of you who are married were ready when you got married. I saw some wives looking at their husband like, we've been married 23 years, he's still ain't ready. For tickets and group discounts, go to wordfm.com. Partly cloudy tonight. It'll be more comfortable for the overnight hours with a low of 59 degrees. Tomorrow, partly sunny, a pleasant afternoon with a high of 80 Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 60 degrees. And for Saturday, looking at a beautiful start to the weekend with sunshine and some patchy clouds. Saturday's highs again right around 80 degrees. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. This Thursday edition of The Ride Home, gorgeous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Bucks won today. Pirates won. 6-1. Very nice. Nice two- outing by Chris Archer. Two good pitching performances in a row. Two wins Musgrove in a row. was a rock star last night. Went all the way into the ninth inning. Nice. Excellent. Okay, uh, today is, a, is an important day in history. 75 years ago today, a D-Day took place. This was, uh, for a lot of people, um, you know, g- generally the, considered... The defining moment. Right. The turning point of World War II. And uh, during the um, next segment here, in a few minutes, we're going to talk to a, to a guy who's written extensively about uh, that day. But, you know, look how much the world has changed in those 75 years. We're going to play a few audio clips here in the interim just to sort of set the stage. But uh, 75 years ago this evening... FDR went before the country, as he often did in those fireside radio chats, which really sort of defined the presidency of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. But uh, on this evening in 1944, the president sat down and delivered a prayer. Uh, He told the, the nation essentially what was about to happen. Of course, he didn't give away details because the Germans were waiting. But he said, I, I want to spend some time, and I want to sit and pray with you. And the prayer was over eight and a half minutes long. Now, we're not going to play the entirety of the prayer, but I just want to play a piece of this just for you to get a, a feel of what it was like to be alive in 1944 and have the President of the United States nationwide pray for our country. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel 
in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace, And by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. So there's a small piece of this prayer that FDR prayed that evening. Now, of course, the assault had already been in progress. More than 150,000 United States servicemen who were joined by Canadian, English, French, all of the allies in a deeply concerted, coordinated attack against the Nazis. Now, that morning, the morning of the 6th of, Jan- of, of June, the, uh, the, the head of the Allied forces, who would later become president of the United States, Dwight Eisenhower, he addressed the fighting men who were about to go on to the beaches. And here's a portion of this as well. Here's Dwight Eisenhower. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force, you are about to embark upon the Great Crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers-in-arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and security for ourselves in a free world. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. But this is the year 1944. Much has happened since the Nazi triumphs of 1940-41. The United Nations have inflicted upon the Germans great defeats in open battle, man-to-man. Our air offensive has seriously reduced their strength in the air and their capacity to wage war on the ground. Our home front, have given us an overwhelming superiority in weapons and munitions of war and placed at our disposal great reserves of trained fighting men. The tide has turned. The free men of the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon now, I think it's hard to imagine what was happening because, you know, everybody remembers December 7th, 1941. So 
A scant two and a half years later, the United States, of course, entered the war after December 7, 1941, and then they started to marshal all their resources. The industrial giant of the United States sprang into action, and they started to build boats and submarines and airplanes. They built, you know, all this gigantic war machinery of, of men and uniforms with guns and bullets and tanks and cannons and bombs, all that. And so finally, after all that was built, all the coalescing of that engine, all these great men put together a master plan to go after the Germans. And this, this day, is 75 years ago, was the culmination of that master plan. Here now, in the Internet age, it's hard for us to envision what it was like for that voice of the president, of the commander of the Allied forces and of a muted and quietly directed news media. I mean, it wasn't the Internet. So there was newspaper and radio. Those two engines are what people relied upon to hear about what was to take place. The nation, essentially, they were holding their breath in anticipation, praying, I'm sure. I would imagine on that date, December, uh, uh, this date of June 6, 1944, there were more prayers sent to heaven mm-hmm. on that date, probably in the history of the world, that the churches had to be packed with people, people on their knees asking for supplication and for, for safety for their sons and their daughters. So here, here's a tiny clip of different news sources on the radio over June 6th. This is Charles Collingwood. We are on the beach today, on D-Day. We caught a ride in a small boat loaded with a thousand pounds of TNT. Half a ton of high explosive on this beach, which is still under considerable enemy gunfire. These boys uh, are apparently having uh, a pretty tough time in here on the beaches. It's not very pleasant. Uh, it's exposed, and it must have been a rugged fight to get it. This place even smells like an invasion. It has a curious odor, which... Uh, we always associate with modern war with the smell of oil and high explosive and burning things. This is Bob Trout speaking. We started this particular broadcast at 3 o'clock in the morning, Eastern War Time. Allied troops began landing on the northern coast of France this morning, strongly supported by naval and air forces. Tel Aviv is blacked out tonight, as dark as the inside of a drum. Last night, the lights were blazing. Tonight, it is even blacker than London was in the Second World War. The flights ahead of us dropped their bombs. The guns on the ships offshore resumed fire. The bombs and the shells burst together on the target. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck. Amazing, isn't it? To think that men were on board these landers and they were broadcasting live radio around the world. I mean, that to itself was a technological marvel. This date, 75 years ago, the world turned for the better forever. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Alex Kershaw. He's written a piece called The First Wave, the D-Day Warriors who led the way to victory in World War II. Stick around. One. 
101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend. With the best new music. New music. New music from Jeremy Camp, Dead Man Walking. I was a dead Till I found you from Bill Wickham. And up again, new from Dan Bremness. Gotta get up, up again. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. I want you to sleep in. I want you to cool down. And I want you to have the home of your dreams. I'm Alyssa Walters, CEO and daughter of family-owned and run BlindsGalore.com. My mom, Shelly, hi everyone, and I have been working together for as long as I can remember. We've never settled for mediocre, and you shouldn't either. We're tough customers, but we love to say wow when it's worth it. That's why we built Blinds Galore, to give you designer blinds, shades, drapery, and shutters without the designer price. Get free samples, free shipping, and all the free design help you desire. Our in-house team of experts can help you online or over the phone every step of the way. Plus, you're free to exchange your custom blinds or shades for any reason. It's that simple. We've been doing this for nearly 20 years and want you to take pride in your window treatments. It's your home after all. You'll love the view. We We promise. promise. Just go to BlindsGalore.com. That's BlindsGalore.com. Are you a stock or options trader looking for real trading strategies that you can use immediately? Hi, my name is Scott Bauer, CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, and I'm on a mission to become the number one options coach in America. I'm a former vice president at Goldman Sachs. I have over 25 years of options trading experience, and right now I'm giving away my most famous options guide with over 20 unique options strategies that I use every day for free. You can't buy this guide anywhere. To claim your free options trading guide, simply call 855-892-2307 now and mention my name, Scott Bauer, and we will rush you the guide. Call 855-892-2307 and someone from my options team will help you get this guide in your inbox as quickly as possible. Call 855-892-2307 now and start learning to trade the right way. Call 855-892-2307. Prosper with options. Stocks and options trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. I started out in public education, and I've been in education for almost 40 years now. Jubilee Christian School Principal April Eisman. Education is what I knew, and that was my passion. I loved it. But to see the need in society for even more than what we're doing in the churches, because if your children are involved in the church, they're still never more involved than a few hours a week. I want to give students more grounding, give them more of a spirit foundation. I want to make a difference. Jubilee Christian School, Mount Lebanon, K-6 through grade. Imagine, believe, achieve at jubileecs.org. Today we remember, 75 years ago today, the invasion of Normandy and D-Day. And so to talk about it, we've invited Alex Kershaw to the program today. He's a journalist and a New York Times bestselling author of books on World War II. He was born in York, England, and he's a graduate of Oxford, but lives here in the States in Savannah, Georgia. His critically acclaimed books include The Bedford Boys, The Longest Winter, and Escape from the Deep. He's also the author of The Liberator, which is being made into a drama series for Netflix available in 2020. Alex Kershaw, welcome in. Great to be with you. Thank you, Alex. Alex, uh, most of us uh, today uh, who are walking the earth were not alive on June 6, 1944. And I would imagine even more so, a lot of us are ignorant of the importance of this day. So you've written extensively about this, studied uh, World War II deeply. Why is this day a very important day in, in world history? 
Um, because today, 75 years ago, Americans, Canadians and British and a few Frenchmen uh, began the liberation of Europe. And that has led to 75 years of peace, democracy and, uh, and freedom. And uh, if you think about European history, um, never in the history of that great continent, great continent uh, has there been such a long period of peace and prosperity and unity. And so had this day failed, had the Allied forces not been able to wrestle control from the Nazis, the world would be totally different, perhaps. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, Omar Bradley, who was one of the senior American generals who helped plan Overlord, the invasion, said that uh, it was Hitler's great risk and his great um, opportunity. Had we failed, and we came very close to failure, then Europe and indeed the world would have looked a very different place then and certainly today. I see. I, I, would, I want to talk about in a little bit of, about that almost failure. But to, to mount something like this, I mean, uh, just a little bit ago, we talked about what happened December 7th, 1941, two, less than two and a half years later or so, the Allied forces rose up and they grabbed the Nazis by the throat. Clearly, there had to be so much planning in place. Can you talk about that, about all the different facets all the personalities, all the men, the power, the ego that went forth into this day to make it happen. Um, yeah. Um, General Eisenhower, the Allied Supreme Commander, um, was a complete nervous wreck uh, 75 years ago. He had to be largely responsible for putting this operation together. Uh, think about this. There was an inventory of items needed by that massive invasion force and the list was 700,000 items. That's 700,000 items needed to launch this invasion. Wow. Uh, incredible. <laughs> now, you say General Eisenhower was such a mess. Apparently, he was such a mess that he was physically impaired, wasn't he? Uh, he had a constant ringing in his right ear, and he had signed so many orders um, since January 1944 when he came to England to take control of Overlord but his actual right hand shook, and he had to use a lead pencil rather than a pen to sign orders. Oh, my goodness. Is that Jesus. right? And and that was the result of anxiety uh, or overuse? Signing, uh, signing, signing countless orders and a a anxiety. I mean, uh, I don't think there's ever been an American in the 20th century, um, a single American military leader who had so much responsibility and so much stress uh, placed on him. Fabulous. I mean, so the day was so important that, you know, reading the diary of Anne Frank, Anne Frank knew of this, hiding away. She wrote about this day in her diary. Uh, yes, she said uh, when she heard the news uh, of the arrival of liberators, not conquerors, she said that our friends have arrived at last. That's just how much it meant to mm. be enslaved countless millions of Europeans. Wow. So uh, I think a lot of our audience, perhaps, especially the guys in the audience, you've seen the film Saving Private Ryan, which essentially the first 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes, is shocking in its incredible brutality of what you can only imagine what it was like to land on the beaches in Normandy. Um, can you talk about that? I mean, when you see the, the guys inside the landing craft, these little tiny boats, and men throwing up and throwing up and being tossed around like corks in, you know, in a bottle, 
I can't imagine what that would be like to be 18, 19, 20 years old. Wearing all that gear. All that gear. And then those, those you know, the gate opens up and then the Germans just open fire with these massive machine guns, slaughtering thousands of men in a moment's notice. Uh, yeah, and you have to remember that some of those guys have been at sea in those very small landing craft bucking around for around about four hours. So I've talked to veterans who said to me that uh, in all seriousness, they couldn't care less about getting killed. They just wanted to put their feet on dry ground. Hmm. Um, they, were, it was, they were in one landing craft that landed at Utah. Um, a captain uh, told me that um, four out of five guys in his landing craft were really seriously seasick. Wow. Just get me out of here no matter what. Yeah. What yeah. the heck. We're, we're talking right now with Alex Kershaw. His brand new book is called The First Wave, The D-Day Warriors Who Led the Way to Victory in World War II. So, uh, Alex, in your work, you talk about a, a lieutenant, Lieutenant John Spaulding. Tell us his story, please. Well, he's a remarkable guy. He um, landed on Easy Red Sector of Omaha Beach. That was the second deadliest sector. And he became the first American officer to lead Americans off bloody Omaha. 900 Americans were killed on that beach. And around 8 o'clock in the morning, he finally led the very first Americans off off that beach. So in some ways, he was the marker, right? If he can do it, then the rest of Americans can follow behind. Exactly. That you, put it, you put it perfectly because he is – I chose him as an example of what was necessary all along that five-and-a-half-mile stretch of death and slaughter on D-Day. You needed individuals like that to make the difference. And in fact – uh, on the morning of 6th of June 1944, it was precisely young Americans like Spaulding who had never been in combat who made all the difference on D-Day. Yes. Now, uh, Alex, in all of your research, I'm sure you talked to so many different people about this, but can you talk about, I mean, and, and private, Saving Private Ryan in some ways gives you a good taste of this, but what about the noise? Can you talk about the noise on the beach? What must that have sounded like? Uh, I, again, you're asking amazing questions, and I've been in interviews for the last six weeks, so you, this is the best yet. You're, you've really done your homework. You're very kind. I would answer that by saying that um, there was a, a gentleman alive today. He's in Florida. He is the only officer I could find who is still alive who landed on Omaha Beach. His name is General John Rahn. He was a captain, a 22-year-old captain on D-Day, and he told me that when he arrived around 8 o'clock in the morning on June the 6th, 1944, there was a constant wall of noise. In Saving Private Ryan, the noise is intermittent. You hear machine guns, etc. But he said it was a constant, deafening wall of noise. And for around about two hours, the one thing that he could hear above this noise, this constant wall of noise, was a pop, 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 pop. And that was a machine gun bullet going over his head every few seconds. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's amazing to think that people walked on that beach carrying all that equipment. They were waterlogged and to drag themselves forward and then somehow summon the will to fight right. uh, in and the midst about, of all that. What about, Alex, the people that didn't make it to land? Uh, talk about those who fell overboard in some way, ended up in the water, and with all the gear on, they ended up dr drowning before they even were able to engage in combat. Yeah, I mean, today um, in Normandy at the Colville-Sumer Cemetery, they had a wonderful, wonderful ceremony. And there is a wall in that ceremony with over 1,500 uh, names of Americans. Most of those, that's called the Wall of the Missing. 
Now, many of those guys, those 1,500 Americans, were never found. They were drowned. They were washed out to sea. Um, they died before they even got to fight. Holy heck. Uh, so uh, all these all these facets of the fight, I mean, the, of course, the men coming off the landers, that was a, a gigantic piece. But the story of the, of the gliders mm-hmm. and the paratroopers, right. I mean, that's a little-known story, a little-told story. The Americans built, uh, I don't know how many gliders, Alex, you know this, and, and these things silently yeah. moved across the landscape. They were essentially kamikaze gliders made out of wood and canvas just to try to get more guys deeper into the land. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, I think the most dangerous job on D-Day was being a glider pilot. Um, you literally crash-landed uh, in the first instance of the, of the most successful early operation of D-Day. The British landed at Pegasus Bridge, and they crash-landed. And I, I, landed is not the right term. They crash-landed at 90 miles per hour. Oh so imagine being in a canvas and wooden glider, and you have 30 guys... Uh, the eyes of 30 guys in your hands and you are flying a glider and crash landing at it at, at that speed. So um, it was it was I mean, it was a suicide job. It was a suicide yes. mission with very high casualties for those guys. Ima- imagine the guts you had to have to, to, to do that. No, yeah. it's just unbelievable story. What about Something the par- bad what is it- going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not going to walk away with that without something happening. Right. <laughs> Talk about the paratroopers, Alex. Um, the paratroopers, uh, 101st Airborne and the 82nd Airborne for the Americans and the 6th Airborne for the British. Um, Eisenhower, imagine this. When Eisenhower said goodbye to the 101st Airborne on the eve of the 5th of June, 1944, he went to Greenham Common and shook their hands, looked them in the eyes. He said to his driver, it's very hard to look a young American in, his, in the eyes and know that, that that man or that boy is going to be killed. He knew that he'd been told that 80% of the 101st Airborne and the 82nd Airborne would become casualties, killed or wounded. Eight out of the ten of those guys that he shook hands with and said goodbye to and good luck to, he had been told that almost all of them would become casualties on D-Day. Now, as it turned out, it was less than 25%. But you can imagine why Eisenhower, going back to my earlier point, why he was smoking 60 filterless cigarettes a day mm. because he thought that thousands and thousands of these elite troops would be killed. Yes. So why was the percentage so different than expected? Uh, because we took the Germans by surprise, uh, very, very fortunately. And uh, to be honest, it was, it was so chaotic that we mislanded uh, around about at least 10,000 American paratroopers were mislanded, didn't land where they were supposed to land. And in fact, the chaos and confusion worked to our advantage because the Germans didn't know where the hell we were. They thought we were. <laughs> and we thought it was in some cases, we literally dropped guys 40 miles from where they were supposed to land. And so you can imagine that Germans wake up and suddenly there's paratroopers, Americans, all around them for 40 miles. So wow. It, it, it worked. It, it was a successful operation, but there were high casualties, especially with the 82nd Airborne. Uh, they, a lot of those guys landed in flooded fields. And if you have a huge weight on your oh, yeah. on your back, uh, some of these guys actually carried their own body weight on them when they dropped. If you land in even three or four foot of water with that kind of weight on you, it's impossible to get your head above the water. 
and they drowned literally in water that was up to their knees. Unbelievable. Writer Alex Kershaw is with us. His work is called The First Wave, the D-Day warriors who led the way to victory in World War II. Alex, um, so many amazing stories in the first wave, but tell us about father and son duo uh, who were connected to the president. Uh, yes, you had remarkably the oldest general officer was uh, Theodore Roosevelt Jr., um, the great president's son, and he landed in the first wave on Utah. I uh, had a, a very good story from a guy that was a good friend of his that said that here was this guy who had a very bad heart and arthritis, and he was literally huffing and puffing his way across Utah Beach in the first wave, 6.30 a.m., using his walking stick. So, I mean, this is an incredible guy. In fact, he was one of only, Theodore Roosevelt Jr. was one of only four Americans to receive the Medal of Honor for actions on D-Day. Now, imagine being Theodore Roosevelt Jr.'s wife, knowing that your husband is crazy and has volunteered and begged to go in with the first wave, and that your son is going in with on a different beach, Omaha Beach, with the big red one, the first division, husband and son, both in action early on on D-Day, uh, 6 June 1944. Amazing. What happened to them, Alex? Um, tragically, uh, although somewhat inevitably, you could argue, Theodore Roosevelt Jr. died of a heart attack on the 12th of July, 1944. Um, and literally, uh, most people agree that he slowly killed himself because he refused to be withdrawn from combat. He just kept on fighting. Um, fortunately, his son survived. And in a very poignant moment, um, his son went to see his father on the evening of the 12th of July, 1944. And just having said to Theodore Roosevelt Jr.'s doctor, you know, please look after my father. My father is in a very, very bad way. You've got to make sure that he rests and that he, uh, he lives. Wow. And just a couple of hours later, his son found out that, in fact, his father had had a fatal heart attack and had died. On this date, 75 years ago, D-Day. Alex, thanks an awful lot. You've been to Normandy. Uh, I'm sure it's an amazing scene. I've been to Normandy many, many times, and every time I go back, uh, I take uh, groups of Americans back to Normandy. I say to those Americans, you will never go to any spot on the planet Earth where you will feel more proud to be an American. Mm. What you gave on June the 6th, 1944, was the gift of freedom to countless millions, and I'm one of them. Fabulous. Alex, thanks so much Thank for being you. with us. Alex Kershaw, his work is called The First Wave, the D-Day warriors who led the way to victory in World War II. Saturday from 9 to 3, the Irwin Business and Professional Association presents their 16th annual Ethnic Food Festival and Craft Show. Come to Main Street for ethnic music and dance, handmade crafts, lots of great food, and discover Irwin, the biggest small town in Pennsylvania. Hey, Daddy-O, Pap, Pop, Father, Daddy, or whatever you call that special man, it's time to gather him up and head on out to the Springhouse for our annual Father's Day Steak and Chicken Fry. That's right, steak and chicken, both marinated and cooked to perfection over an open pit outdoors. And to complete this great Dad's Day meal, we're making baked mashed potatoes, Ed's green beans, corn pudding, Alabama casserole, Dutch greens, homemade rolls, rice pudding, blondies, brownies, and of course, all of our Springhouse drinks featuring our famous chocolate milk. That's right, you can't beat it. 
There will be live music and inside and outside seating and a free ice cream cone for every dad. Come to the Springhouse to treat your dad to a special day. Call 228-3339 for more details. So you sit down and do your budget and you look at all your monthly costs and your bills and your income and it seems like there's never quite enough. You know what would really help finding $500 a month to help balance things out. That is the typical savings, $500 a month for a family when you switch to MediShare for your health care. And when it comes to health care sharing ministries, MediShare is really the gold standard. It's been around for 25 years and has more than 400,000 members. It's been around so long and grown so much because it works. And whether you're single or married or have kids, this could make sitting down to do a monthly budget a lot more fun. $500 a month can more than cover a car payment or payback loans, whatever. So join MediShare and go out to dinner to celebrate. Here's the number to call. They are incredibly kind and helpful to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. I love the joy that children bring to the office. Good dental habits begin early with Dr. Megan Stock. I like creating those good, positive first experiences. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. You have my word on it. Partly cloudy tonight. It'll be more comfortable for the overnight hours with a low of 59 degrees. Tomorrow, partly sunny, a pleasant afternoon with a high of 80. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 60 degrees. And for Saturday, looking at a beautiful start to the weekend with sunshine and some patchy clouds. Saturday's highs again right around 80 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. It means something, doesn't it? It means a lot. It means a lot. It means a lot to hear a Brit say that you will be proud as an American if you go to Normandy because this is the day that your country saved the world. Yeah. You cannot deny that. Despite all the craziness that we hear today in the world, all the turmoil that goes along, there's a reason to be proud to be American, right? It is a great country. It was a great country. It still is. And that day was the pinnacle of it all. Yep. All that planning, all that work, all that sweat and blood. Yeah, but what makes America great is our ability to sacrifice, to be sacrificial and to be humble. Because those guys that did this, I mean, they sacrificed, they were willing to give up what they had to accomplish something that they could one person could never do. Right. That they they were just they were part of a gigantic effort. That's the part of America that I I fear for today is we don't have I, I don't feel like we're we have what it takes to sacrifice in that same kind of way. And it was all of society. It, right. I it mean, wasn't just the men no, on Normandy Beach. My mother worked you know, she was essentially Rosie the Riveter. She worked in a factory. Right. I mean, all the kids doing the scrap drives and all that. Right. Everybody was focused on winning, of, of beating the Everybody Nazis. Everybody was sacrificing. Yeah. I mean, there were food rationing, gasoline rationing. The country vic- was on high alert. Your victory garden. Yep. I mean, I remember my mother-in-law, shortly after I married my husband, going through and showing me all the recipes that her mother made during the war. I, we used to have something my mom would make called war cake. Oh, that's right. Which, that's right. which was one of my favorite desserts. Right. And uh, my mother-in-law would make turnip soup. 
<laughs> which I got to tell you right now is not good. No, I'm sure it isn't. War cake was good. I, I okay. like to have it. But, you know, that, that's a point that's it's scary to say. But, you know, that once that we were such a great country, that we were willing to sacrifice, that we saw something necessary that had to be had to be done for the good of all mankind. And we have the strength and the chutzpah, the wherewithal to sacrifice and to do the right thing. Yeah. Today, we're so deeply divided. And we're so self-centered. And soft. Do we, could we do that again? We'll take a break, come back. we got more ahead. Hey, uh, listen, ladies' night out, Sherry Lynn. This is very a She's big, funny lady. Ladies, you got to get out. you got to get out with a friend. you got to laugh. you got to have a good dinner. It's coming up, ladies' night out, June 21st. 101.5 WORD. Hi, I'm Andrew Farley, author of Twisted Scripture, Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told. I'll be sending one lucky winner and a companion to Dallas, Texas for the Twisted Scripture Conference this November. Enter on this station's website and download my free guide to your identity in Christ. Hope to see you in Dallas. Sign up for the Twisted Scripture Conference Getaway in Dallas now. Go to Word FM dot com slash twisted are you overwhelmed unable to think clearly or sleep well at night or just trudging through each day but not really enjoying your life i'm a counselor with faithful counseling and that feeling of distress can sometimes be because you're wrestling with a problem that seems too big or too impossible to overcome other times people are consumed by a past hurt I'm part of a network of Christian counselors, fellow believers, trusted therapists who share your faith. We want to give you a free week so you can try us out. You can begin a conversation with one of us by text or phone, even video conferencing today. Are you ready to shake this off and begin enjoying your life? If it's not for you, cancel during your first week and you'll not pay a dime. Go to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's time to talk to someone who can help. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. It's so easy to get started, and your first week is free. Go now to TryFaithfulCounseling.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent, and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Do you know where your mattress came from? If your mattress is from the original mattress factory, you can rest easy, knowing that your mattress was hand-built right here in Pittsburgh. And every original mattress factory mattress features American-made materials. From our supportive inner springs to cotton padding to our shock-absorbing box springs. You can even stop by our factory to take a tour and see our team make your mattress. Can the other guys say that? That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit us at OriginalMattress.com. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. 
Yeah, we're talking to Sherry Lynn. She's the producer and the co-host of the Brand Hansen Show, which is a syndicated radio program across the U.S. But she's going to be here for Ladies' Night Out, which is coming up on Friday night, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. Tickets are available right now at wordfm.com. I cannot wait. It is going to be an absolutely terrific evening for the women of Pittsburgh. Curious. You know what's funny is I, I had this idea. I didn't know if it was going to be a Facebook post or a bit or whatever about how much I admire my Facebook me. (laughs) (laughs) How much I love her because Facebook Sherry Sherry has no problems. Yeah. Like she has such a great life. She Mm. does. She's never sick. Mm. Uh, She's, she's, uh, she's traveling all the time. Right. Nieces are well behaved. Her mother is in perfect health and smiling with her on the beach. With a non-alcoholic Bellini, of course. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm like, man, I love social media, Sherry. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> always smiling. Always she smiling. Is. She's oh. fantastic. Never has an attitude. Never corrected by the Holy Spirit. Why would she have to be? She gives somebody the finger. Oh, no, she was just scratching an itch. That's all. <laughs> So whoever today, well, who do you admire? Who do you want to be? I want to be social media Sherry. I aspire (laughs) to be social media Sherry. That's That's good. She's amazing. Kind of like a Barbie doll. That's good. It is, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like we've crafted these lives. Mm-hmm. For ourselves, you know what I mean, and it, 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 it and then it's almost like an avatar of yourself. It is. It's so true. So you, put, you put an avatar of yourself out there, and now we're sitting back and we're watching our avatar interact with other avatars, <laughs> and so it's all yeah. It's all, but it's not. You don't see the exhaustion. You certainly don't see that. Nope, nope. Love you. Here's a picture of a sunset. <laughs> <laughs> With your feet crossed. Yeah. I don't know where we started that at. No, no, right. But when that became the, the international symbol of relaxation right. is that I had to see right. your feet in at the bottom of the frame. Yeah. That's crossed. a mess. Would you cut those nails, would you please? Someone. Yeah, it's, it, it's so distracting. I can't pay attention to mm. Mount Masumi Wumi that's been behind you or wherever you are. Because why are you? I, I just don't understand that. And I did have, again, trying to work on a bit, not for the 21st, but thinking through, like, where that started and then thinking about feet crossed in the Bible. Mm. So, mm. like, Moses' feet before, in front of the Red Sea mm. and then the, the, uh, the guys in front of the um, fiery furnace and then... Jesus, right, like with his clothes from the um, resurrection nice. there and his feet crossed. Like how how far did that go? But mm-hmm. anyway, I just don't un- I don't understand where we started that. No, but. Right. no, I think there's also an existential point you're making in that. Uh, like I was watching Parks and Rec last night and Leslie Nope <laughs> was was just she, she had just gotten elected to city council. And so she had uh-huh. she had arrayed all of her heroes and framed photographs on this mantle behind her. So she uh-huh. had. Nancy Pelosi and Janet Reno and yeah. Hillary Clinton, right? Uh-huh. Everyone and her. <laughs> that was awesome. I remember that. That was there Let for a long time. She, and me. Yeah. She's, she and said, me. I'm not beyond admitting that I'm often inspired by myself. <laughs> I wish we would admit that sometimes because sometimes we really do believe that, don't we? Right, yeah, I right. thought that was really good. I liked That's it. Good. Oh, God. God. And here's a picture of my dog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm inspired right by your me. dog, John. Thank you. I am too. Yes. Actually, yeah, I like it. it's Gus, right? It's Gus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gus yeah. is good people. Yeah, He's yeah, out yeah. there. 
Yay, social media Gus is all right, too, in my book. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, here's yeah. the thing. Social media Gus and the real Gus are the same. They are the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's living that life for real. Right. Believe me. He's, he, a, he's a low rider and happy about right. it. And when he scratches an itch, I know he's not giving me the finger. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not the Gus I know. No, no Gus. <laughs> and his so, feet always look good. Yeah. I have to tell you guys this. Um, two things. First of all, I've been, and this is going to sound super spiritual, but you guys know how I am, and I actually do believe in this. Like, when I do, whenever I do comedy stuff, it is serious to me, which yeah. sounds weird, but it is really serious sure. to me because all these women are coming to yeah. this place, and I, you're bringing all of these things with you. You've had to pretend that you're this person or that person, all this baggage you're bringing with you. You know what I mean? And you're just coming. I, I want people to come and be free and laugh, right? And so I've been traveling and, you know, tired. And I, last night, right before being super spiritual, I'm going to, you know, read a scripture and then go to bed. And God, you know, I just really want something, you know, that just kind of solidifies that this is going to be a great night and, uh, and that everyone's going to enjoy themselves and it's going to be everything you want it to be. And I go, honest, honestly, guys, I go to Mark chapter 6. Why, I don't know. Okay. I, Mark chapter 6, verse, well, I look and I see red, which we know is Jesus. So I said, well, let's read what it is. Honestly, this happened last night. <laughs> a prophet is without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And I was like, whoa, well, there's a. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing's going to nosedive. <laughs> well, welcome. Get your tickets now for Sherry Lynn on sale at wordfm.com or not. Or not. Because who the. Whole thing. I mean, who's sharing in? I mean, maybe the rest of the country's hit to this, but we're Pittsburgh, so. Oh, my goodness. I was like, why? And I just gently put the phone on the nightstand in the uh, in, in the hotel there and thought, okay, well, there's that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, uh, hopefully that's, that, just, that was so funny to me. And I know that people do that. Like, you're always, like when you're looking for a sign or you want something and, you, <laughs> right. and you're like, okay, God, I'm just going to open this Bible. Show me something. Show me something. And it, like, opens up to, like, Lamentations 3, and it's like right. you smoke them all. <laughs> like, yeah. That's my word for my situation. Good. Exactly. See, that's 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 to balance. What happened to you last night is to balance out all the times you did do that. You went to and you were like, you know, I need something good and you got something good. Yeah. Well, this is God saying, you know what? I'm not your circus dog. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Exactly. Karen. Yeah. Don't play the yeah. lotto. I don't yeah. perform. I don't perform on command. That's right. Stop rolling the dice. <laughs> so anyway, I believe that it's going to be a wonderful uh, event. I also have to tell you guys this. I um I've been so tired. We I was first in Cincinnati, and then I went to Houston, and then I was in L.A. And in L.A. and again, this is not me saying. Look at me because I'm completely exhausted. I have to um, do this. It's called Fish Fest. It's for uh, fish stations. It's Christian music, and I have to host it. And I have to interview uh, Toby Mac, right? Oh, yeah. Now, when I start getting, like, super exhausted, and I'm sure you guys can relate, a lot of people can relate, I start to shut down inside. Can you guys, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, believe Inside, me. like, my mind starts shutting down. My insides start shutting down. And then I, it's like an outer body experience where, see, where you see you walking away. Sure. <laughs> and you're like, no, don't go. We still have work to do. So I can feel myself shutting down. And I'm like, no, you still have to do the Toby Mac thing here. So he had burnt his hand on something. Mm. And we're backstage. And I said, oh, what happened to your hand? And he said, <laughs> he said, I burnt my hand 
like baking or something. He said, I wish it was something cool, but it was baking or something. I was like, okay. He said, but I don't really want to talk about that. I said, okay, no problem. We get on stage, and you guys know how it is. Oh, no. Once you shut down. No. And you have nothing inside anymore. No. Mm-hmm. I get to the stage. You guys know. I take the mic, and yep. I'm like, Toby Mac. And everyone's like, ah, and he comes on stage. And honestly, my brain was like, that's it. That's the only thing. I got. I, there's nothing else here but burnt hands. <laughs> Hey, Toby, tell us about your big old burnt hand. After? That's exactly what I did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> if we could have had mm. a picture of his face, like, would I not just tell you? And honestly, in my brain, nothing. It was just burnt hand flashing in neon. Like, <laughs> that is what we're going to talk about. And nothing. And I'm scrambling in my brain. All this is happening within, you know, 11 seconds. Right. And, mm. yeah. And so he's like, well, yeah, I burnt it, uh, and we have to go there because here we are in front of there was ten thousand people that were there. Yeah, and I just I got off stage and I was like, I am so when you're like this exhausted, right? And again, this is not a woe is me thing because I know moms, you know, dealing with kids every day, you get to that exhaustion level where you're like, I don't have another thing to give, and so in my head, I'm always thinking. If the last thing you have to give is I'm going to go to this ladies' night out, I want to make sure that it's something where you leave refreshed and you right. feel excited and happy and and joy more than happy, just joy. An overall sense of well-being is what I'm hoping for. Fabulous tickets on sale at wordfm.com. Sherry Lynn's in town. Check out the Bible Chapel. Places going to be rock and rolling with lots of fun. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, 
Download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's one place. Mattress Warehouse now carries Nectar mattresses, so now you can try it before you buy it. Visit a store near you to test out the Nectar mattress and take $125 off, plus two free Nectar pillows. Try it before you buy it, only at Mattress Warehouse. Visit sleephappens.com for locations. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience, and it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. I was online today looking around at World War II memorabilia that is for sale on auction. Um, oh, and I forgot. We do want to give away tickets, right? Yeah. You're looking at me like, well, I want to talk about World War II memorabilia, John. We want to give away a backpack from 1944. <laughs> That's not true. We have okay. two tickets for Ladies Night Out. Yeah, we do. And I almost forgot to give them away, which is why John was whispering as he was doing it his mic. Okay. Anyway, well, uh, 800-320-8255. I got two free tickets to Ladies Night Out. Very nice. 800-320-8255. Um, Caller number... 793. Caller number 8. Okay. Caller 8, 800-320-8255. Uh, Friday, June 21st, the Bible Chapel in McMurray, PA. You get to check out Sherry Lynn. I'm telling you, we dig her. She, you heard her. If you did hear her on that last segment, super funny lady and uh, promise to be a great night. What's the number again? 800-320-8255. Now, look, if you don't win, we'd suggest you buy. That's right, because you need to buy, because you need to be there. You'll, you'll regret it if you're not there, I'll tell agree, you right yeah. now. Okay. Phone lines are cranking, so good. There is uh, people out there want to check out Sherry Lynn. Can okay. I talk about my cool World War II stuff? Yeah, please do, yeah. So I found this uh, this thing that's up for auction at a Heritage Auctions. This is an auction place I kind of go to and just kind of see what they're selling. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Anyway, there is, a, um, there is a, an operations plan from... Uh, Operation Overlord, which is available and uh, people are bidding on it right now on uh, on this website. And what's so cool? First of all, I love anything old. So wait, so this so, is the D-Day playbook? Yeah, this is like the D-Day playbook, but it's only one portion of it. This is for Operation Plan Neptune, which I guess was a portion of the yeah. of the Overlord. But it was top secret at the time. Um, so it says top secret at the top. Cool. Um, it's now listed apparently. It became listed as restricted um, at a later date. Uh, but what's what's so neat about it is it's 54 pages. And it has maps, it has text, yeah, that's cool. it has everything. It shows the the uh, German positions, so you can kind of see like what they were planning on doing. It says a color map showing the makeup of German troops in the Omaha and Utah Beach area. I mean, I would love to look at this thing. Heck yeah! Now, sadly, as of today, uh, it's uh, it's going for two thousand eight hundred dollars. Um, How much? Two thousand eight hundred dollars. Okay. And there are uh, two days left, so of course it's going to skyrocket at the very last right. bit. And so who knows what it'll go for? But I just old documents like that are That's absolutely cool. fascinating. And when you look at what th- that day caused the 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 change in history for Europe on that day, yeah, you think that all the stuff that is historic to us was just people just 
wrote down at one, but these were just ideas of men. Yeah. These were just plans that somebody came with, came up with, and they're printed, and you can... And there it is. And you can buy them right now. That's so cool. Check them out. It's so cool. We grew up... Um, you know, my dad was in World War II, and um, he had this book that my brother and I loved. It was written by a guy named Bill Malden, M-A-U-L-D-I-N. Related was, to Carl. Nope. And this guy, he won two Pulitzer Prizes, Bill Malden did, during the war. He wrote these cartoons of Willie and Joe, and they were two GIs, American GIs. And my dad had this book, I'm, you know, sh- I'm sure it was around, you know, World War II, that my brother and I just devoured. Mm. And whenever my dad passed, my brother took the book, which is still a little bone of contention. I understand. But, you know, check that out sometime. Willie and Joe, you get a little taste of that. What, what it was like then? Yeah, and if you can't afford, you know, the... The $2,800 thing that's going to go easily over five grand in the yeah. next two days. Look at Willie and Joe from Bill Malden. Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.